Namaste everyone and welcome to the Pune Yoga podcast. So since you choose to listen to this podcast, I assume you have an ongoing practice or you are contemplating to begin your journey into yoga. Or maybe just maybe you are inquisitive to know what is all this hype about yoga all about. Well, whatever your reason is, I am so glad you're here. This episode is a compilation of few tips and shifts that I experienced during my ongoing yoga journey. And the reason of putting it together is because it is natural and normal sometimes to feel stuck in our practice. To feel frustrated maybe. And most commonly sometimes feel like an imposter because aren't yogi supposed to be perfect? Isn't the practice supposed to be perfect? Am I not supposed to get all the answers through yoga? A calm mind, a, an amazingly flexible and toned body, a glowing skin and carefree attitude? Well, the answer is none of these are what defines a yogi or your yoga practice. And when we come to practice with so many expectations and preconceived notions, well, we take away the joy of our practice. So here are a few things I gathered through my practice over the years, and I hope you find it helpful. One of the keys of taking your practice to the next level or to become more self-aware is discipline. Simple things like, I will not miss my yoga class. I will not keep my mobile or any other distraction nearby. I will pay attention to myself and my well-being. I will bring my complete focus to the practice and that I will overcome the resistance of the mind towards the practice if it arises. We have to remember that we cannot have a practice unless we show up. It is hence a crucial and a very, very important first step. Make a commitment to yourself. Put a reminder on your bedside. Write down why you practice and stick it up on your mirror. Tell your teacher to not let you skip your class and there are teachers who are going to help you do that. Or ask a buddy to keep a check. Find a yoga buddy. But show up. Because when we show up on the mat despite everything, we tend to show up in life despite all its challenges too. The next thing and the most important thing um, in terms of flowing through the practice, I realize is that as long as you have your breath, you have your yoga. And it really is as simple as that. Our breath plays several roles in our practice. It acts as the anchor for our mind. It enables us to transition safely in and out of postures. It releases stress. It enables us to move deeper into posture. It keeps us grounded and present. And it helps to create space. And there is so much more to having your breath and your focus on your breath during the practice. So today, if there is a posture that you find challenging physically, but you move through it with a steady breath, you remain in your yoga zone. But the moment you tense up, hold your breath, 
feel constrained rather than spacious, you lose your yoga. If something is not accessible today, take a step back. Breathe and come back to it, maybe today or another day, but please don't lose your breath while you're in your practice. And if at some point you find that you feel you're being challenged in your breath, take a step back, get into child's pose, or just sit back, get your breath back, and come back to the practice again. The next thing is to listen, listen, and listen to your body as you get into postures. You are your first teacher. If a posture feels like you're compromising with the integrity of your body or your mind, then it is not your place to be today. And this can be different on a day-to-day -day basis too. It is when we dishonor ourselves and go past our current limits, we become an obstacle to our own practice. Our body and our mind in these moments starts to close down instead of staying open and receptive and our nervous system starts to activate the fight and the flight response and that creates stress. The next thing is that I already touched upon briefly at the beginning is that don't come to your practice with expectations. We often find that we come to yoga thinking that this will calm me down. This will help me find answers. This will treat my depression or my anxiety. This will make me forget the problems of my life and the list is truly, truly endless. Instead, come to your practice with the intention that I will stay open to whatever arises because I come to practice to check in with myself. This is the one thing that I do without agenda and without having the pressure to reach somewhere with it. And the moment you do that, you will find that you take a huge burden off the off expectation of your practice. And that is when you start to discover new facets of the practice and what it brings to you. Well, there's something called an pal in yoga which when translated into English would mean to come to mean something like emotion or a mood. And this is something, one more thing that I discovered as I moved through my journey in yoga. See if you can connect your postures to what it invokes in your being. For example, back bends are not just backward bending of the spine. They are also heart openers. So when we get into a back bend or a heart opener, we find and feel a sense of not just being receptive towards things with an open heart, but also allowing the openness of the heart to enable us to let go of things. When we connect the postures to bhav or emotion, we go deeper than just the physical aspect of our being. We get engaged and involved on a much deeper level, a level that enables us to take what we cultivate on the mat and find its residue of the mat. Reverence, loving kindness, compassion, surrender, humility, self-respect, courage. There is so much and more that you can cultivate on your mat 
and take it beyond it. Drawing from that point, the next thing that I realized that the real practice of yoga really reflects in our life off the mat. It embodies in our physical, energetic and subtle body. It enables you to bring in a sense of awareness towards yourself and your surroundings. While most of us start the practice through the asan limb of yoga, and while I definitely started from that, I wanted to uh, really have a continuous and a strong physical practice at that point. But the moment we restrict ourselves to that, we take away the true potential of the practice. To go deeper into the journey of yoga, including asana, one needs to be open in mind and the heart as well. The moment we decide that we don't want to look beyond what we believe is what we are seeking, we limit our experience. Yoga will not always give you what you want, but it will sure lead you towards what you need. If we get driven by the want, we will get disappointed. But if we just make ourselves available, we will be led towards what we need. Let me give you an example of this as well. Well, your goal is, imagine that your goal is to be able to do a headstand and you're driven by it. But you close yourself to all the other things that you learn and unlearn during your journey to headstand. And in that moment, you're limiting yourself. In your journey to headstand, you will learn to build discipline. You learn the value of hard work. You build focus. Every time you fall out of the posture, you stand in front of your fear and you do it again and again. You build resiliency. You build mental and physical strength. But if you just don't take time to experience these, well then you are just doing a headstand and that's all. Why limit something so exponentially limitless and enriching by standing in the way of it? And well, last but not the least, comparison is the thief of joy. So very important. And something that I still sometimes find myself doing. And this really holds true for the yoga practice so much. No two people will have the same journey in yoga. No two people will look the same doing the yoga posture. And no two people will experience the exact same things in a practice. And that is because we all are different in our anatomical structure. We all have different life paths and different life experiences. We have different upbringings and impressions. Hence, the moment we compare our practice to someone else's, we are taking away the joy of our very own experience. And I experienced this when I went to a group class and I'd been in yoga for a few months um, before that. And in this class, the instructor asked us to get into or what is called as butterfly. In this posture, my knees were high above the ground and they would just not go down, while most of the other ladies in the class could access the posture very easily. 
and the instructor came to me and she pushed my knees towards the mat with all the might and I felt a huge pinching pain and it was as if my body was losing the integrity. I told her so to which she said oh come on this is a very basic yoga posture. I felt terrible at that point. I looked around in the room and I was comparing my posture to everybody else's. And so I made it an agenda to get Baddha Konasan or Butterfly right. And for that, I got myself an instructor for one-on-one -on -one sessions. And after a few sessions, she asked me to get into Baddha Konasan. And I was huffing and puffing trying to get my knees down on the mat. I saw the instructor looking at me and smiling and she asked me, what are you doing? I said, I got to push my knees down. She said, why are you wrestling with yourself? Relax your body and let gravity do its thing. Get out of your head, into your body, into your breath. When I went ahead and did my teacher training after that, I understood that anatomy plays a huge role in how we come into postures and how we come out of postures. Some people may never be able to touch their knees down in the Baddha Konasana or Butterfly because that's just the way our hip joints are. And so I, and so at that point, I really learned one of the most beautiful lessons that the perfect posture is the one that we are able to do to our own perfect degree. Our state of mind. How relaxed are we feeling? How is our anatomy? How are our joints made? The current physical capability of the body. All of these play a huge role in how we come into a posture. And that is something hence that you will find me repeating over and over again when I'm leading a class. Don't compare how many minutes or hours someone that takes. Don't compare how long someone can hold their breath. In fact, don't even compare your practice of the past with your current practice. It is bound to change, evolve and adapt to the stage of your life. Allow yourself to be and your practice to flow through you. So well, these were the few things I really wanted to share with you. Yoga is so vast, flexible and adaptable. It can be done in any form and in any way. It is said that if you can breathe, you can do yoga and it's so really true. I hope these bits of my journey and my experience enable you to get out of the way of your practice. A choice I made and something that I continue to work towards in my practice even today. Much love and may you find yourself open and receptive both on and off your mat. Namaste.